The Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning and welcome to The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a program that covers national breaking and headline news, offers analysis and commentary, and I interview members of Congress and other high-profile public figures. Today, after the headlines and Let's Get Blunt, I interview West Hollywood's beloved mayor, Lindsay Horvath. So stay tuned. Here are some news items. On Friday, former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison for the murder of George Floyd, whose dying gasps under Chauvin's knee led to the biggest outcry against racial injustice in the U.S. in generations. Minnesota governor emphasized that the work is not done. Three other officers who were involved in Floyd's death still await trial. The punishment, which came after Chauvin's broke his year-long sentence to offer condolences to the Floyd family and express hope that they eventually have some peace of mind, is one of the longest prison terms ever imposed on a U.S. police officer in the killing of a black person. Uh, Mr. Chauvin, this is your opportunity, if you wish, to uh, give any input to the court. And so I turn it over to you and your attorney. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, at this time, due to some additional legal matters at hand, I'm not able to give a full formal statement at this time. Um, but very briefly, though, I uh, do want to give my condolences to the Floyd family. Um, there's going to be some other information in the future that would be of interest, and uh, I hope things will give you some some peace of mind. Thank you. And I'll note that I did read your comments in the pre-sentence investigation as well. Thank you, Trump. Donald Trump on Saturday kicked off his revenge tour against Republicans who defied him in the aftermath of the 2020 election and January 6th insurrection, hoping to convince his supporters to fire Ohio Representative Anthony Gonzalez. Trump's trip to Northeast Ohio was expressly meant to remind voters in the area of Gonzalez's vote to impeach the Republican president earlier this year and boost Max Miller, a former Trump aide who is challenging the congressman in the district's Republican primary next year. Thank you for letting us win on November 3rd, the great state of Ohio in a record, a record number. We won a lot of places that people haven't figured out yet. The House of Representatives of the Netherlands adopted a motion on June 23rd requesting from the government not to send representatives to Azerbaijan in case the Dutch national soccer team qualifies to play the quarterfinals scheduled to be held in Baku on July 3rd. As a result, neither the King of the Netherlands nor the government will send representatives to Azerbaijan to attend soccer games. The motion is based on the fact that since the end of Azerbaijan and Turkey's attack on Artsakh, also known as Nagorno-Karabakh, more than 200 Armenian hostages are still illegally held captive in total violation of international laws and the ceasefire statement that was signed on November 9, 2020. Several have been executed while others were tortured, mutilated, and otherwise abused. 
The motion also condemns the trophy park that was inaugurated by Aliyev in Baku to commemorate, in blunt violation of humanitarian laws, the killing and wounding of Armenian soldiers during the assault. Nearly all COVID-19 deaths in recent months in Los Angeles County have been among unvaccinated residents, the same group most at risk of being infected with a new, more contagious coronavirus variant circulating in the country, officials said on Wednesday. Between December 7 and June 7, 98.7% of those hospitalized for COVID-19 weren't vaccinated, and 99.8% of people who died weren't vaccinated either, according to the health director. LA County has recorded 123 cases of variant. Of those, 89% were among unvaccinated people. The rest were among either partially vaccinated residents or people who have received both jabs, according to data from the LA County Department of Public Health. The effort to recall Governor Gavin Newsom is moving forward. California law allows 30-day period to voters for requesting to remove their signatures. The Secretary of State announced Wednesday only 43 people chose to withdraw their signature from recall petitions. The more than 1.7 million remaining verified signatures are still enough to trigger a recall election. The state's finance department will estimate the cost of the recall, as well as decide if it will be held as a special election or held as part of the next regularly scheduled election. Costs must be submitted by August 5th, after which will be a 30-day period for review and comment. Let's get blunt. Let's get blunt. For today's Let's Get Blunt, I wanted to talk about uh, a topic that is not really um, talked about much, which is the ongoing genocides happening throughout the world. We hear bits and pieces here and there, maybe a minute or two on some news channel or somewhere, but uh, for the most part, they're ignored and they're not covered extensively. So I just want to just point them out, at least some of them. There's, there are too many, unfortunately, to list them all. But the first one is the genocide that's being committed uh, against the Yazdi people uh, community in Iraq. Um, since the, there was a genocide that was committed in 2014 by the Islamic State or ISIS or, or Daesh uh, in uh, Sinjar, northern Iraq. 3,000 abducted Yazdi women and girls remain missing, and thousands continue to live as slaves. Yes, I said it, slaves, literally. Um, more than 100,000 Yazdis currently lack access to critical services such as healthcare, education, and psychological support, and suicide rates within the community are rising. Many rescued children have forgotten their Yazdi identities due to years of forced conversion, um, slowing reintegration, and uh, marking a continuation of ISIS genocide against the Yazdis. The next one is one that we're a little bit more familiar with, which is the, you know, the Syrians continue to be massacred. Turkey, NFSA, Russia, and Al-Qaeda terrorists are committing genocide against the Syrians, uh, crimes against humanity, and uh, war crimes against ethnic and religious minorities in Syria, including Kurds, Christians, uh, Druze, uh, Alwites, and Yazdis again. So there was a second one. Here's a third one. 
in South Sudan. Uh, in a, another genocide emergency has been declared in South Sudan due to the, the shaky nature of the peace agreement between the Dinka president and the newer vice president and the uh, sort of the ongoing killing of civilians targeted because of their ethnicity. Ethiopia, one we don't hear much about, uh, another genocide warning for Ethiopia due to government's inaction to stop ethnically motivated violence between uh, Oromo, Amhara, Tigrayan, and Gedeo people in uh, Ethiopia, which is the uh, eastern part of Africa. Kurds, of course, have been going through it for decades. Kurds are at risk of a large-scale genocide by the regional powers of Iraq, Turkey, and Syria, all of which have sizable Kurdish minority populations. Um, currently, the largest threat comes from Turkey. On January 20th, 2018, Turkish President Erdogan launched the cross-border military operations into northwestern Syria with the code name Operation Olive Branch, the mission aimed to oust Syrian Kurdish people's protection units from the district of Afrin, which they did, and they massacred thousands of them. Another one is um, Genocide Watch has issued a genocide emergency for Yemen. Uh, Yemenis are being massacred by Saudi Arabia's Houthi rebels. Um, the Armed Conflict Location and Data Project uh, reports that more than 100,000 Yemenis have died since the beginning of the conflict in 2015. More than 12,000 of those were killed directly by targeted attacks, including 7,500 children. This is Yemenis people in the hands of Saudi Arabia, our so-called ally. Then there is the, you know, Azerbaijan and Turkey, their genocidal attack on Artsakh, also known as Nagorno-Karabakh, which happened last year on September 27th, which continues. Azerbaijan and Turkey hired ISIS and mercenaries from Syria, Libya, and Pakistan to kill Armenians, paid them 2000 a month, plus $100 bonus for each person whose uh, head is severed. And in 44 days, they managed to kill almost 5,000 Armenians. So you know, and there are many more of these. If these are, you know, these are just the, some of the top ones that I mentioned. For a more extensive list, just go to genocidewatch.com uh, and you'll get the latest updates about genocides happening throughout the world. And it just, you know, raises the question as to how is it that the United Nations, Human Rights Watch, Amnesty International, and other organizations, they sort of pick and choose, it seems like, which genocides are more important than others, which ones they're going to sort of raise the flag and talk to the press about, and which ones they're you know, ignoring. Currently, it seems like Turkish President Erdogan is sort of emerging as some sort of a new Hitler uh, with the gray wolves emerging as the new Nazi party with the crimes that they're com committing throughout not just their region, but uh, Europe, Middle East, North Africa, and such. Um, they've become a dangerous force in some European cities uh, in countries such as Germany. So just wonder what those, what those organizations are thinking, how they choose, and such. Um, but we need to be aware uh, and talk about it and be blunt about it. So there you have it. Let's get blunt. Let's get blunt. The Blunt Post with Vic.
West Hollywood Mayor Lindsay Horvath has a long history of civic and social justice advocacy. She's widely known for her work advancing the rights of women and LGBTQ plus people, as well as creating age-friendly and sustainable communities. Mayor Horvath was elected to the West Hollywood City Council in 2015 and previously served from 2009 to 2011. Horvath serves as a leader of West Hollywood and a regional leader in a number of roles, including president of the California Contract Cities Association, board member for Cal Cities, which is formerly the League of California Cities, board member for the National League of Cities, immediate past president of Women in Municipal Government for the National League of Cities, an executive committee member and legislative and regulatory chair for Clean Power Alliance of Southern California. Good morning, Mayor Horvath. Thank you for being on The Blunt Post with Vic today. How are you this morning? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? I am great, especially speaking with you and finding out uh, the latest developments and all the exciting stuff going on in West Hollywood and your life and your career. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Yeah. So, you know, let's get right into it. Um, you know, as we are sort of transitioning out of, I don't want to say post-COVID, but transitioning out of COVID and all that's happened in, you know, throughout the country and the world and especially West Hollywood. What do you, what's the current, current state of West Hollywood uh, from your perspective? Well, um, we've faced unimaginable challenges uh, past year, and, uh, and we faced unprecedented times through um, uh, the announcement uh, of the shutdowns and how that impacted not only our local economy, but certainly uh, public safety and health, how we... Um, build community together, how we keep people housed and fed during uh, as critical a time as that. And so um, we really came together as a community to take care of one another. And um, I, I think uh, West Hollywood, uh, it was reported in the LA Times, fared better than most. Um, and we also are uh, quite close if we haven't already hit uh, more than 70% of our population being vaccinated. So uh, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, we hope, but we know that we're not quite there yet. And so getting businesses back up and running, getting people back to work and jobs that allow them to take care of themselves and their families, um, making sure that people uh, don't lose their housing and fall into homelessness as we continue to face a homelessness crisis throughout the region. Um, these are all issues that we're tackling as a council uh, that we're certainly concerned about um, in our community and, and in, we're engaging in dialogue and discussion in our community on these areas. You mentioned homelessness and it's been sort of a you know, it's been a great challenge for the entire state and especially West Hollywood and, and the greater L.A. area. Uh, what are some of the other pressing challenges facing West Hollywood right now? Sure. Um, well, as I said, I think uh, our economic recovery is essential. Our uh, budget and our reserves definitely took a hit during this time, but that's what they're there for, to help people when we face difficult times. And so um, we're hoping that uh, we get our economy back up and going, that we are able to welcome back people back into the city. As you know, um, the number one source of revenue for our city is our transit and occupancy tax with our hotels. And so we, um, 
want to see people coming back to West Hollywood, certainly traveling safely and uh, protecting themselves, but also with the ability to enjoy themselves. And I think West Hollywood is a place unlike any other that people can come and uh, be who they are to celebrate. This is Pride Month. And uh, and also to, um, you know, just escape what has been a very difficult time for everyone. So we hope that uh, our economy will come back in that way. We also hope that um, people will be getting back into jobs uh, quite quickly, um, that we uh, we want to continue building out our transportation um, infrastructure, uh, working with Metro on the Crenshaw Northern Extension, um, but also making sure people have transportation transportation access for those daily trips, be it to doctors or grocery, be it to um, some of our nightlife destinations with the pickup. Um, you know, we, we want to get people uh, back up and going, um, but we certainly know that we're not just recovering from COVID, but also what was broken before COVID and, um, you know, making sure that we are uh, uplifting those who are most at risk and most vulnerable um, uh, being intentional in seeing what typically goes unseen in community, I think is also important. And so um, I think, uh, especially with the uh, election of a couple new council members in the city, uh, we are looking at things a bit differently. And, uh, and so I, I'm eager to see all that we'll be able to accomplish when we work together, when we partner uh, in community and we listen to people uh, in our community um, on how we can best uh, bring about solutions to the problems that we're facing. Wow. Well said. Thank you. You know, um, as you were speaking, I was thinking about what you did along with council member Seppi Shine, a friend of mine, and how significant that was, and which is that you co-sponsored a bill that recognized the independent Republic of Artsakh, also known as Nagorno-Karabakh. And um, I just came back from Armenia, and I and I saw the devastation of, of that attack last year and um, what it means for people of a region to be able to determine their own self or have their own self-determination and uh, autonomy. So I wanted to thank you personally uh, for doing that. Absolutely. I'm proud to do it. Um, it's a, a resolution that um, I was proud to co-author with um, with Councilmember Shine, and it continues a legacy of uh, activism in the city. You know, we annually recognize um, the Memorial Day of the Armenian Genocide. I've participated in the marches that have happened uh, in the region, and I, uh, in particular, remember. Um, how many people participated in the 100th anniversary march. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we have to keep um, these issues front and center. Uh, we're now seeing a national conversation, um, which has been long overdue um, on, on this issue. And I think that's the beauty of a place like West Hollywood, where we prioritize human rights. Um, and while we are always dedicated to what's going on in our 1.9 square miles, it's essential that we use our platform to speak up and speak out about the issues that we see. And I'm glad that our city chose to use our platform to speak out on this issue. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll talk about your what promises to be the next great chapter in your career. This is The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with West Hollywood Mayor Lindsay Horvath. You know, you have been a beloved council member and a mayor, not just a one-time mayor of 
this city, you've worked very hard to create jobs, expand public transportation, um, safety has been a huge issue for you, housing shortages, and, and so much more. And you are definitely a champion for LGBTQ rights, women's rights, and social justice, which is very rare. Modesty side, what are some of the highlights of your accomplishments in the last six years, at least since your re-election? Um, wow, that's uh, very kind of you to say. Um, I think one of the things I've been most passionate about um, is really uh, connecting our city to the broader region through um, through rail and transportation infrastructure. And, um, you know, it's a big job and a, a big task ahead of us to uh, bring the work that we've been doing for many years uh, to reality uh, and to fruition in West Hollywood and connect us um, through the transportation network. Um, and I'm grateful that we now have uh, people at Metro who want to partner with the city and um, and have worked with us very diligently to um, have that uh, you know possibility become just very close to being reality for us. And so I think um, continuing that work and making sure that it actually happens um, is very important to me. And, and I'm grateful for everyone in the community and the region who has believed in this project because there are so many uh, projects that Metro is considering. And this was one that was considered to be without a champion, but the champion truly was the community who came forward, um, the community that will be served all along the alignment, not just in West Hollywood, um, to say, this is something we really need and you're overlooking this. In fact, it will be the highest ridership of any light rail line in the entire country once it's constructed. And so um, so I think that that project in particular is something I'm very passionate about. I know has a great deal of community support. It's been voted on overwhelmingly multiple times by, by our city uh, residents. And so I'm glad to see um, that's uh, right on the horizon. But, you know, I think the day-to-day -day challenges uh, that people face, that's really what people look to their local government leaders for. And especially, uh, you know, when I ran for re-election in 2019, I had no idea that a global health pandemic was uh, going to be in our future, that it was going to be something I would be uh, tasked with as a mayor, um, and as you know, our, our structure of government is a part of, considered to be a part-time city council, but, um, but as a mayor during a global health pandemic, it became full-time and then some because we just care for one another in West Hollywood, so I'm proud that we had a program in place to provide renters with rental assistance to uh, keep them from slipping into um, homelessness. I'm glad that we partnered with organizations like Project Angel food to have home food delivery to uh, not only folks who had um, certain illnesses um, or were facing uh, certain types of health challenges, but even to uh, seniors who were very much encouraged to stay home and stay isolated during this time, uh, we were able to deliver food to them and make sure that um, they didn't go without um, as they were being asked to stay home. Um, <clears throat> I'm proud of the ways that, as a city council, uh, we're uh, really digging into what our culture is in our community. And I'm proud also that Councilmember Shine uh, uh, 
asked me to work with her in creating uh, the Social Justice Task Force, which has now been appointed in the city. And we'll tackle um, true issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion in our city, looking at it from all aspects. Um, from uh, We have members of the task force who are residents, uh, folks who work here, uh, folks who have connection to the community. And um, I'm eager to see what um, the recommendations and um, conversations that we will have um, coming out of their work. I'm very excited. We just swore them in, um, actually, on the anniversary of George Floyd's murder. And, um, and so I know that there will be very important conversations that will um, help us advance um, as, as a community um, even more than we already have. And so uh, um, I think there's a lot that we can look to in the city. Um, and uh, just this weekend, we uh, broke ground on the AIDS monument, which will be a, an important part of uh, the reopening of our West Hollywood Park, hopefully later this year, and um, the work that has been done by uh, past council, uh, by uh, leadership in the city, but uh, especially by the FAM board uh, to make that monument possible, I think is absolutely extraordinary. And I'm just so proud of the ways that we think of honoring people in our community, making physical space uh, open to everyone um, and, you know, space that holds memory and has possibility for our future. And that goes from everything uh, from the monument to the public space that will exist in our new West Hollywood Park um, to the ways we're thinking about welcoming people into the city at our gateways um, and, you know, everything in between. And so there's... Um, there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of promise in the city of West Hollywood. I'm, I'm ever the optimist that we, um, we have uh, a lot of, uh, a lot to be proud of in the city, but we also have a lot of work to do. And, um, and I'm, I'm optimistic because the people who are doing it, the people who are part of our community are what make um, our progress possible. Wow. That's uh, a, <laughs> that was brilliant. And uh, I was smiling when you said, we're considered a, a part-time uh, city council because I know how many hours you all work and um, there's no way to be a part-time city council in West Hollywood. It's true, but you know, we, I mean, it's the form of government that uh, the residents chose when we incorporated as a city and um, it's, it's pretty common throughout the state of California, but you really have to want to do this job uh, when you sign up to do it because yeah. it's not just about, you know, photo ops and, and titles, um, it's, uh, it's really about um, being present in community and doing work. Absolutely. You mentioned the, the AIDS monument, which so apropos that it would break ground on the 40th anniversary when HIV and AIDS were finally sort of, a name was given to them, although it'd been found for some time. It's been 40 years, and um, I'm sure that will be another great addition to the legacy of West Hollywood. In, case. in fact, when I speak to people about West Hollywood, especially to those that don't live in California and in overseas and such, and you know, I was explaining the significance of West Hollywood recognizing Artsakh, and I said it's not just another city because you know, a lot of cities in France and Italy recognized it, um, and uh, and and other cities across the U.S. and states. But I said the the reason West Hollywood is so significant because the world looks at West Hollywood. It sets an example from LGBTQ to 
uh, being the first city to ban the sale of fur, um, one-time use plastic, and so on and so forth. It's a it's a groundbreaker. It's a trailblazer, and it sets an example for other uh, states, cities, and and even nations to follow. So that's a that was a big deal, and um, which brings me to the next thing. It says Pride Month, June, and yes. uh, of course West Hollywood Pride is legendary and um, brings a lot of people. But unfortunately, last year um, it had to be. Uh, virtual because of COVID, and this year we're still not completely out of the woods, and a lot of that has been uh, sort of modified, and um, some of it is going to be virtual. This is The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jurami, and you are listening to my interview with West Hollywood Mayor Lindsay Horvath. I want to ask you, because a lot of people are, you know, sort of wondering what's, what's happening with Pride this year in West Hollywood. Absolutely. So every year, as you know, we um, we have uh, one city, one pride, uh, 40 days of cultural celebration um, of LGBTQ artists and culture um, in our city. And it starts on Harvey Milk Day on May 22nd, all the way through the end of June. And, um, you know, this year we have already celebrated the 30th anniversary of the Abbey. Um, 10 years of Born This Way uh, with Lady Gaga in the city. Um, But we have uh, so many virtual events that allow local artists and um, thought leaders uh, to engage in discussion and dialogue. Um, We have opportunity for each of those conversations to highlight all of the LGBTQ plus family. And we um, are very proud of, of this uh, way in which our community creates space for all voices uh, during Pride Month. And so um, we it's a tradition that we um, have had for several years now, and we're continuing this year. But we also know that people really want to be around each other, especially after a year of being apart. And we knew, uh, we had heard that, um, you know, when we first made the decision about Pride at the beginning of the year, we really didn't know where we were going to be in June. Um, and so now, um, as the June 15th date was sort of put out there um, as the time when things might start to reopen um, fully, we uh, ha- recently had discussion and, and uh through the engagement of our business community, focus are, are focusing the last weekend of June uh, to celebrate Pride in West Hollywood. And um, many businesses in West Hollywood are creating space and um, creating activities and programming in their spaces for people to come and participate and celebrate Pride. And we certainly want to welcome people back to the city. I see so much on Twitter, people like, I just want to be with my friends in West Hollywood <laughs> Yeah. And guess what? We can do that now. And I think that's so important. We want everyone to feel welcomed back. We want everyone to come and participate. And um, we're being very intentional in how we welcome people back into the community, into our businesses. Um, certainly, um, 
going forward, my hope, um, and obviously we'll have to have this conversation as a full council, but my hope is that we will have, a, you know, a parade and a celebration and all of the things that people um, have typically enjoyed in West Hollywood in person, and that we'll do it in a new way. Um, and we will talk about how all of that will happen because I know it's very important to folks and, um, and we just love it. I mean, that's so much a, a mm-hmm. part of our, our identity. It's just in the DNA of our city. So I expect that we will have um, all of those kinds of in-person celebrations uh, for Pride Month next year. But the truth is Pride is 365 days a year in West Hollywood. And yes. we want everyone to celebrate who they are, to feel welcomed, to feel safe um, each and every day of the year. And so while we will be very intentional in welcoming people to celebrate um, the last weekend of June, we hope that you'll uh, continue to celebrate and be out and proud in West Hollywood all year long. We're excited to welcome everyone back and, and we want everyone to find a home in West Hollywood. Yeah, that's that's all good news. And sometimes, you know, not all change is bad and sometimes it, it opens up space for new ideas and new ways of doing things. And you also, you answered part of my next question, which was going to be, you know, pride typically brings a lot of people and a lot of business to the community and and business owners and such. And it sounds like part of your planning for this year is to really help businesses to to get a little bit of the, the economy into their establishments this year. And are there any Absolutely. concerns about businesses who have lost a lot of business due to lack of pride, like, you know, very big active pride? You know, we are welcoming folks back into the businesses, and, and we really uh, were intentional um, when the business community stepped up and said they wanted to um, lead what pride would look like in the city this year, sort of as we're in this moment of transition. You know, that was an easy yes. And, um, and so really thinking about how how we can welcome people back and focus them on the businesses that are signature to how we create culture and community in, in West Hollywood. Um, that's very important. We know there's also been discussion about some of the businesses um, and how they've fared during COVID. And we want people to know that uh, West Hollywood is open for business and that we are uh, intentional in uh, especially supporting and welcoming back um to full capacity, our LGBT-focused businesses, um, you know, we we know that there was um, a closure turned uh, likely relocation of Jim Bar. Um, there's the closure of uh, Flaming Saddles. Um, and, and, you know, there's uh, been some discussion around, you know, what happened there exactly. But we also know that um, that there are businesses that are reopening and uh, while Rage closed, I know Lance Bass and his team at Rocco's um, have now looked at uh, acquiring that space to reopen it. And so we know that there are going to be places uh, in West Hollywood where people um, that are coming back to life in new ways, new businesses that are opening and, um, and will be focused intentionally on creating safe space for our LGBTQ community. And um, so that's, um, part of what pride is is making sure that um, people have a livelihood and they have a job that they have uh, that their businesses and the hopes and dreams they invest in those businesses are able to come to life and um, so we're we're eager to be supporting those new businesses I know our staff at City Hall has been thinking you know with things like out zones um, how we can 
um, support businesses during the time of COVID, but also how we can quickly shift from, um, as you indicated, sort of a, a COVID mindset to uh, reopening and, and helping uh, all of that act business activity continue in the right way um, as we come out of COVID. And um, so there's, there's a lot um, there's a lot of potential, um, and I'm eager to see uh, how all of the uh, our our most beloved businesses come back. Uh, how to how we see new businesses choose West Hollywood. Uh, I know that we just opened recently uh, a new coffee shop on the east side, and it, it has this very cool um, like uh, French like mini bus kind of thing inside um, a building, and they are uh, not only are they uh, focused on you know the quality of their coffee and their the um what the food products that they serve but they're also intentionally partnering with the la lgbt center uh, for this month of pride and creating community connection and um, featuring uh, works of makers there for sale um, to help um, give people visibility who are of the community and i just think that kind of local thinking mindset is really uh, what we want to celebrate and um, and I'm excited about businesses that are really coming into West Hollywood with an intentional uh, purpose of building community here not just opening uh, not just opening their doors for business which is important but really thinking about how they're also welcoming community into their businesses and I'm excited about that yeah that's good news and it's uh, great news that we are at the tail end of this COVID and uh, starting to rebuild our economy and rebuild all that was lost or at least uh, affected. Um, brings me to the next question, which is a um, little bit of a sort of forward thinking. You are running for LA County Board of Supervisors from the third district uh, yes. in the election that's next year. And the seat is currently held by, uh, excuse me, uh, Supervisor Sheila Kuehl, who is not seeking another term. That's so, right. This is The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with West Hollywood Mayor Lindsay Horvath. So what are your plans um, for, if you get elected, uh, looking forward to some of, the, some of the things that you're thinking about in terms of the Board of Supervisors? Well, it's really to be... A, uh it's really an honor to be in this race and uh, to have the support of uh, someone um, who has been such a champion for generations of folks um, in, in Sheila Kuehl. She uh, has endorsed me uh, for her seat, which um, is such an honor. But just looking at her legacy of work, I want to continue and build upon what she has been able to do um, in her many years of service. And uh, so you, you'll not be surprised to hear, uh, obviously, um, I'm focusing a lot on homelessness mm -hmm. and and housing, uh, thinking about how we build out our transportation network um, uh, from a regional perspective, um, thinking about COVID recovery, um, how we get businesses back up and running, but also um, how we get people back uh, to work and creating a recovery that includes everyone. Um, we know that uh, this is a really unique moment in the county um, to uh, to rebuild, um, as I mentioned, uh, same for West Hollywood as for the region. You know, we're not just rebuilding from COVID-19, we're rebuilding from what was broken 
broken before it. And, um, you know, I learned recently as I was uh, serving as president of California Contract Cities Association, not only um, did I know the challenges I was facing in West Hollywood as mayor um, and, and from the local level, but... Um, but I also got to work with over 70 cities um, throughout Southern California, many of whom contract for service with LA County for sheriff, for fire, for public works, and any number of services. And I got to see what is and isn't working for um, for cities throughout um, Southern California and throughout Los Angeles County. And um, many of those cities, their leaders um, have endorsed me and are partnering with me in this effort because we need to make sure that LA County's services are actually being being delivered to people who they're intended for. And um, so for me, it's it's about making sure that the promises that happen at the county level actually are acted upon and people can see them manifest in their community, that we're not just sort of funding work um, that we talk about but never really see come to fruition. I think people feel they've taxed themselves in any number of ways. They voted for the people, they've supported the laws, and now it's just time to deliver. They want to see results. And I'm the kind of person who uh, wants to roll up my sleeves and do the work. Um, I want to build a, a coalition and build bridges um, among different kinds of thinkers throughout the district um, so we can serve uh, the many diverse needs that exist uh, in all parts of the district. And I'm already reaching out to local leaders to speak with them about what's going on in their neighborhoods. Um, whether it's, you know, in the East Valley talking with um, Latino families about um, environmental justice and environmental quality issues or public safety issues, whether it's speaking with um, folks in, in the Jewish community in and around West Hollywood and Beverly Hills and West L.A. about uh, incidents of anti-Semitism that have uh, certainly been not only making headlines, but um, striking fear into the hearts of people who have lived here for so uh, for generations. Um, you know, we just have to do better, and we really need to connect with people on a visceral and personal level um, in, in terms of the work that's being done. And there's also a unique opportunity in the county as we're looking at uh, public safety and what community safety really means and can look like. And I think, um, you know, there's uh, a lot of uh, aspiration in terms of uh, the goals of the ATI plan, but um, the difference is going to be made in how it gets implemented. And we need to uh, engage community organizations in the work of helping keep people safe and cared for. That is the promise of LA County, and that's, uh, that's what I want to deliver on in my service. Well, an endorsement this early on from Sheila Kuehl, I couldn't uh, imagine anything more more important and uh, pivotal. Um, so that's 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 great. Um, congrats and uh, good luck to you on that. Uh, Thank you very much. And we're we're building a. a team of support, you know, from grassroots leaders like uh, Ulysses Hernandez, um, who has been a powerhouse in terms of really talking about what justice really looks like, um, to, you know, any number of elected officials like Mayor Asia Brown, who um, herself has spoken truth to power and used her power and her platform to make uh, transformational change, um, you know, to... Uh, 
Mayor Robert Garcia in Long Beach, mm-hmm. who um, has, you know, been in many ways uh, the face of recovery from COVID, um, using his platform and the health department in Long Beach to take care of people. You know, he lost both his mother and, uh, and, uh, and stepfather in, to COVID during this time. She was a frontline worker, and um, to face that unimaginable pain and loss and still continue to fight for your constituents. I just, I really respect Robert and and I'm grateful to have his experience, his partnership. I mean, there are so many people who are joining our team. It's very exciting. And um, I could talk about Mm -hmm. it for hours, but um, I'm, I'm excited most importantly for um, everyone to join in and and see who's part of our team and to see themselves in Mm -hmm. our team, because um, it's going to take all of us um, saying that we deserve this seat at the table. Um, in order to make that difference. And I will be the only renter. I will be Mm -hmm. the only millennial. I'll be the only person who's facing paying back student debt, which I think is Mm -hmm. an issue that people are talking about around their kitchen table. And I think it's that kind of stuff that people are really going to want to hear about. You know, what are you going to do for me in practical terms in this seat? And and I'm eager to talk about those issues. Well, and we're excited to have you in in this race. And and we'll certainly follow you and see what the developments are. I know that I will um, be looking for everything that goes on from now till election next year. Um, but I want to ask you a couple of uh, fun questions. And one of it, for, for those that don't know West Hollywood or they think they do, will you tell us just like one thing maybe that most people don't know about West Hollywood, something interesting perhaps? Oh my gosh. <clears throat> well, one thing... Um... One thing I like to talk about is that the city was actually uh, founded by a very unique coalition of activists um, uh, motivated by the threat of losing housing that's affordable. And Hmm. they came together to create um, a a rent control policy, a rent stabilization, uh, which eventually became our rent stabilization ordinance to protect their affordable housing and to stabilize rents in West Hollywood to make it affordable to live here. And I think it's uh, one of the only cities in the country and definitely the first to do that. Um, And, you know, it was a coalition of folks um, in partnership with the Coalition for Economic Survival and so many other organizations. Uh, who really um, put West Hollywood on the path um, to becoming a city. And in fact, when the city was incorporated in 1984, there had been other attempts to incorporate that didn't pass at the ballot box. Mm -hmm. So um, this was actually, I believe, the third um, attempt uh, that finally was successful. They say third time's a charm, and I think Mm -hmm. in this case they were right. You know, it created the possibility of the city where now I get to to proudly call my home and we get to proudly call West Hollywood. Um, And so there's a a really unique and rich history that exists in the city of West Hollywood. And I've uh, been proud to partner with, um, partner on a project called WeHo Stories, which is a collection of first-person narrative um, stories told by people who really helped make the city what it is today, uh, from the founding, um, from bringing in different uh, constituencies and populations in the city, and and really uplifting voices in the community to help make us who we are. And so um, I encourage people to really know the history that has existed in West Hollywood um, and and to build upon it and to make our future uh, look like the future that includes you and what you want your community to look like. 
And so um, it's an exciting project to be a part of. And it's also been really rewarding to see who has stepped up to become a part of that project. Because um, hopefully we'll be able to continue to tell our story and our history in an important way. I like that. That was uh, that was really special uh, talking about the the genesis and the establishment of West Hollywood and that uh, affordable housing was at the center of it all. It's a really yeah, cool thing a, to know. There was a threat to increase rents um, by LA County that um, they were going to pass um, a major rent increase that people were very concerned uh, was going to. Um, displace people and yeah. and cause it to no longer be affordable. And so um, through uh, rent stabilization ordinance and protections for renters over the years, we've been able to protect a lot of people in our community. In fact, close to 80% of our city is renters. So yeah. um, we, we, you know, I myself am a renter and without rent stabilized housing, I wouldn't be able to afford to live here. So um, yeah. I, I know firsthand uh, what, it, what it can feel like to feel at risk of losing your home if, you know, you're one paycheck away from uh, from falling into homelessness and so uh, you know those protections are not only important in this moment but they're at the foundation of why we came to be as a city yeah and I think that's why people really relate to you and admire you because you get it and you you get it you live it you see it you talk about it and that's so important. Um, so thank you for that. This is The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jorami, and you are listening to my interview with West Hollywood Mayor Lindsay Horvath. Now, I want to ask you the same question, but about you. <laughs> What's one thing you can share with us uh, that most people wouldn't know about you that may surprise, uh, surprise them? Oh my gosh, um, what can I say? I feel like so much of my life is lived in public. Um, people often ask, it's not a secret, um, but people who don't know me as well often ask what I do professionally. And uh-huh. um, and so I, I work in creative advertising for movies and television. Um, I work with a fabulous and phenomenal team of artists and designers who um, make uh, movie posters and billboards, uh, social media campaigns and websites, uh, trailers and TV spots to promote uh, movies, television, and now streaming content. Um, And so uh, sometimes I get to see the work of our artists uh, placed by other companies on their billboards uh, on the Sunset Strip, which is always fun. Um, But I I get to see, you know, sort of that magic of the entertainment industry in an up-close and personal way. I think it's been good training for me as a public servant because, as you might imagine, uh, people in entertainment are worried about... uh, time and money they are worried about you know making sure that things are exactly right and uh, getting things uh, done in the right way and um, a little bit demanding at times and so like I said I think that's been good training for me but um, that it's uh, not everyone knows about that uh, about that work that I do and and in fact we work with um, designers who have uh, won so many awards for the campaigns that we've been able to create over the years so um, that's something I'm particularly proud of but I guess something about me personally hmm what could I tell you? Um, I'm one of two kids. I have a, a younger brother who, uh, with whom I'm very close, and I'm super proud. He is uh, a practicing attorney in Las Vegas. He's a criminal defense attorney there nice. and um, has really built um, a strong career for himself. And, uh, you know, as kids, we used to um, – 
build forts in our basement with couch cushions and, <laughs> and little blankets and, you know, do things that normal kids do. Um, we, you know, played in our backyard and played um, sports in the cul-de-sac. We kind of lived in um, what felt like a Disney after special uh, school mm. kind of, uh, Disney after school special kind of town. Um, but nice. we, uh, we were very lucky in that regard. Um, so uh, I grew up in the Midwest and, and now uh, the pleasure of calling uh, West Hollywood home. And I've lived in California longer than I've lived anywhere in my life. It's definitely become home. And um, yeah, there's, there's so much mm -hmm. to tell, but, um, but hopefully, okay. you know, I'll, I'll be able to continue the conversation with you and with other folks in the community and, and, yeah. um, and get to know them too. Thanks for sharing that. That was, uh, that was cool. I liked hearing about your brother. I didn't know you had siblings. Before we leave, is there a question that I missed that I should have asked you, or would you just like to add something? Oh, gee. Um, I guess one thing I'd just like to mention is that um, our staff at City Hall has been absolutely extraordinary during this time, and um, I don't know how many people know it, but we were able, as a city, to keep everyone employed uh, during COVID, and we just redeployed their talents and services in different ways. In fact, you know, so many of our recreational staff, who obviously were not um, serving people at parks when things were fully closed down, um, they would spend their time calling older adults and seniors in our city uh, to check in on them to make sure, you know, especially if they were living alone, that somebody was looking after them to make sure their needs were covered and that they were safe. Um, our staff um, stepped up to find new ways to, um, as I mentioned, uh, have food delivered to people's homes, um, to find new ways to keep people in their housing, to, to connect people to housing. Um, so I, I just, um, I guess, want to give a shout out to our staff at City Hall. Um, who have really been uh, trying to figure out how to work remotely, still deliver practically within the city boundaries for our residents, and you know figure out how to have uh, some semblance of a personal life while they're you know working from home and trying to create space. So um, I just uh, certainly appreciate them and their work. Well, thank you for that, Lindsay, and thank you for um, being on the show, your time. Really, really appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you during this Pride Month and uh, speaking with you again. Thank you so much, Vic. I appreciate it. Nice to speak with you. That was West Hollywood Mayor Lindsay Horvath, who is also running for the L.A. County Board of Supervisors, 3rd uh, District. Um, the election is going to be next year in 2022. Uh, good luck with that, and uh, thank you for being on The Blunt Post with Vic, uh, Mayor Horvath, and happy Pride. I have three quotes uh, for you today. They are all from high-profile people regarding Derek Chauvin's sentencing for the murder of George Floyd. The first one is from actor George Takai, who said, I want 40 years for Chauvin. George Floyd's family already got a life sentence handed to them when Chauvin murdered him. The second quote is from actress Rosanna Arquette, who said, Sorry, Mama Chauvin, your son is not a good man. And the last quote is from Martin Luther King III. He said, The world was watching today as Derek Chauvin was sentenced. Unfortunately, what he received today fell short of what true justice would look like for Mr. Floyd and his family. Full accountability is key to creating an unbiased justice system. Disappointed. Before we go, I want to thank my 
extremely talented producer, Ricky Herrera. And uh, of course, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Blunt Post with Vic. Please tune in next Monday at 7 a.m. for another episode. For more information, you can visit thebluntpostwithvic.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vic Jarami. Uh, both Instagram and Twitter, my handle is at Vic Jarami. That's V-I-C-G-E-R-A-M-I. The Blunt Post with Vic.